Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man Podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite, Bearded Man, the one, the only, Bob Bay. We back in the building. Welcome back to another high-quality podcast with your boy, who listening to this podcast episode doesn't love money. We all love it. You, me, everybody else that's listening to this right now, we all love money. Because with it, we can buy anything our mind desires. You want a Chipotle burrito bowl? You want a black Range Rover? You want a house in the LA Hills? You want a private jet flight down to Cancun, Mexico? You picking up what I'm putting down? Money can buy us everything that we could ever want. And those just happen to be the things that I want right now. Chipotle bowl and a black Range Rover. Sign me up. But no matter if you have $5 in your savings or $5 million, we always need to make every dollar count. Doesn't matter how much money you have to your name, we gotta make every dollar count. At least that's the mindset that I've had uh, over my lifetime of this 27 years of rolling around this earth. And financial freedom is something that I strive for, to live a life where I can spend my money on experiences that I greatly value without worrying about having the money or not. Financial freedom is, is really something that I strive for. Not there just yet, but I'm working towards it. And I, and I truly believe that it's something that we all can achieve. We all can achieve financial freedom where we don't wake up every day and have this weight on our shoulders of not knowing how we're going to get the next paycheck or how we're going to pay for the bill that just came in that was unexpected. We can all get to a place where we live within our means and we have money saved away so that we can actually enjoy our life and experiences and the things that we choose to that we enjoy. Um, and, I, and I think that it doesn't matter career or industry. I think we all can achieve financial freedom. And that's what I want to dive into today. So today, episode 63 of It's the Bearded Man podcast, striving for financial freedom, make every dollar count. But before we get into today's podcast, let me remind you beautiful ladies and gentlemen out there. Yes, ladies, gentlemen, and whoever else is listening. Uh, all that I ask, if I if you enjoy this podcast episode at any moment in time, please, please, please screenshot this episode, post it to your IG story, tag me at Bob A, B-O, three B's, four A's, and a Y, and I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's how we spread this movement organically, one episode at a time, you know what I'm saying? And we're not taking brands yet, like I talked about last week, but seriously, if you enjoy the podcast, please just take a moment, screenshot it, post it to your IG story, tag me at Bob A, B-O, three B's, four A's, and a Y. And I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Little backstory to the bearded man. I'm extremely fortunate that I started working at the age of 12. That's right, 12 years young. I was in seventh grade when my mother asked me on a Saturday, what do you want to do today? I said, I want to make some money. She said, okay, let me call your uncle and see if you can work for him. And that's what we did. She dropped me off. And so at the age of 12, I started working. And some of you are listening are like, Mr. Bearded Man, that's so young. How could you be fortunate to start working at that age? And the thing is, when I, since I started working at such a young age, it taught me an extremely valuable lesson that I still carry with me to this day and is the value of a dollar bill. If I see a dollar bill, I don't just see a dollar bill. I see money. And if I happen to see a dollar bill on the ground, you best believe if nobody's standing around, I'm picking that up. But if people are standing around, maybe it's one of their dollars, so I don't want to steal it from them because they might have dropped it. You know what I'm saying? But if I see a dollar bill, I'm picking that up, baby. 
My first job was working for my Uncle John at Class Grass Garden Center in Granby, Massachusetts. Okay, I helped customers load up their vehicles with mulch, plants, gardening materials. I watered plants in the greenhouses in the middle of the summer in 95-degree Massachusetts heat. Let me tell you, greenhouses increases the actual heat. So if it was 95 out, it probably felt like 120 in there. I was dripping sweat. It was not lovely, but it was hard work, and it taught me to appreciate the money that I was working for. I wore cut-off cargo shorts and shoes that I knew that were not going to be something that I could wear out. They were going to take a beating because I was I was literally rolling around in the mud. They'd get wet, pack, you know, shoveling mulch. I mean, hard work. That's how I built up these squirt guns. Big buys, baby. Not really. Uh, but really, it just was, I was out there working hard for my money and it made me appreciate every dollar that I earned. I was very fortunate to grow up in a household where my parents gave us, myself and my sister, everything that I could ever ask for within means, you know, a bed to sleep on, you know, they'd treat us to some new clothes here and there, a video game here and there. And uh, if there was anything else that I wanted, I had to buy it myself. And so wanting things, I started working and I could now afford to spend a whole day paycheck on a video game and I was fired up. And since that job, I've had many, many other uh, experiences and to run through them to give you guys and gals some context, uh, kind of in order. I was a dairy frozen food assistant slash Kirk slash bagger at Big Y World Class Market out in uh, Western Massachusetts. I was also a sales associate for Finish Line, top 10% Northeast sales associate, might I add, might, might I say. Felt pretty good about that. Your boy was slinging shoes left and right. It was one of the best jobs I ever had growing up. It was so fun just selling shoes to homies, kicking at the mall. Definitely went in hungover more often than not. But the best part was you didn't have to be there till usually 10, 11 a.m. because it was a it was retail. Um, so I loved that job. It was a great job. I was a management intern for HL Foster Company out of Western Mass. It's a rebar biz. I'm going to tell you right now, you want to learn business 101, go work construction. If you're late on a deadline, your customer, the other construction workers, they ain't going to be happy. Many of times my phone blew up. Yo, where the f- is it my rebar? Because the problem with construction, if you're not there on time, you're holding up everybody else. And that was a great learning. There's many other learnings, but we're not going to get into it today. Um, I was also a marketing intern for, an, uh, for a uh, marketing platform called Snap App. I don't know if they're still under by the name Snap App, but obviously it was tough probably trying to brand it at that time in 2014, 2015, maybe. Yeah. Um, Snapchat was obviously crushing it. So I think that might have been an interesting time for, for them. Uh, I was also as we all know, professional driver for Uber, capital P and professional, damn it, top 2% in the world in 2018. That's right. I got a sticker to prove it for those who doubt me. It's in my car. I'll show it to you if you see me out here in LA. And uh, man, that, that, that was an incredible experience as well. It's safe to say I've, I've been around the block. I've had different experiences, management, sales, customer service, um, marketing. I've been very fortunate with all these different experiences and job opportunities that I've had in my past. And it didn't matter the wage that I was being paid or for any of these jobs, right? Um, I think we can imagine that as I grew into these bigger career opportunities, you know, the wage kind of increased. Um, but no matter what, I always looked at the paycheck 
as hard-earned money that I made. Didn't matter how much money it was. I still remember when I was 12 and my uncle would pay me in cash. I think it was somewhat legal, but he would pay me in cash because I was family. And um, I just, I, I would value, I was making $7 an hour and I'd value that whole weekend check that was like 100 bucks. I'd value that just as much as when I was working Uber and I'd get that money. And uh, I just always, I learned to appreciate the money that I had worked for, that I had earned. And because, because I had to buy the things that I wanted as a kid, I learned how to manage my money wisely. So yes, I was making money. I was fortunate I didn't really have any expenses that time compared to you know, 27 years young. We got this, we got that. Um, and I, I didn't have expenses, so I really could make money and spend it. But I, I, I still probably credit to my parents, especially my mom, because she, was, she is and has been in the banking world for 30 plus years. She always taught me to save money, save money. Um, so I would save some money, but I also would treat myself and, and spend it. And I'd feel good spending the money because I was like, hey, I earned this. I could spend it as I please. But like I said, you better believe that if I ever saw a dollar on the ground, I would still pick it up because I learned to make every dollar count. Now, as we dive into today's podcast, um, this is definitely an interesting topic. I don't, I've never really talked about just like money. I'm, I'm not going into my life, my financials. It doesn't matter. None of you need to know or, or care to know. I know. This episode is about the values, lessons, principles that can be applicable to anybody. And I also leave money out in specific numbers because I don't want anybody to be in the comparison trap of my past experiences or where I'm at right now. It's all relative, okay? So we can take these principles and apply it to your life Regardless, if you're making $5 million a year, $10 million a year, 500 bucks a month, I mean, it does not matter. These principles apply. And you better believe that I was somewhat applying some of these principles, even when I was in that young buck, 12 years young, uh, you know, working hard outdoors, and I still apply them to today. But all that to say, I'm by no means an expert. I'm not a professional finance guy or someone that you could or should seek for financial advice. This is purely from my experience, my opinion. This pod is pulled strictly from the experiences. So take it or leave it. The choice is yours. But I just want to remind you, this is just bearded wisdom, okay? I'm not a financial expert. Seek them. It's like, you know, lawyers have to say this before. Uh, I think they have to say something like this before they talk to somebody or give people advice. I'm not here to give you guys and gals advice. I'm here to just share some of the lessons and values of one. But like I've said, Never really talked about money and finances on a podcast. And as you can tell, I'm trying to push the envelope this year. So if there's ever a topic, by the way, that you want me to discuss or open up about, please slide through my DM and let me know because I'm more than happy to, happy to dive into it. So money management lessons that I've learned in, in the past uh, 27 years of rolling around this earth, rolling, rolling, and rolling. Number one, live below your means. Incredibly important. By definition, what does this mean? You must not spend more money than you earn. Let me say that again, because this is one of the core principles that we all can start and use today. And it blows my mind because I think, and there definitely are people out there that don't live by this. They make X amount of dollars and they just want to spend more than that per month. And it's like, hey, let's do the math. This is probably not going to add up if we keep living like this consistently. By definition, you must not spend more money than you earn in order to live below your means. And I learned this very quickly in my Uber days when I was slaying them streets. That's why I always got to put an emphasis on streets. 
uh, I had no other option other than to live way out in the valley of Los Angeles when I first got here. Pay the cheapest rent I could possibly find. Get the cheapest auto insurance. Get a car that was super car efficient on gas. You know, be really reasonable about how much money I spent on food or how often I ate out. Everything was calculated. Um, and I just learned to live below my means. And then anytime I'd get a break, maybe I, you know, got an extra bonus on Uber or there was some really good rates. I didn't go, wow, I made an unexpected extra hundred dollars today. Like now I can go spend it. I would stack it up. I wouldn't allow myself to see more money and think I could spend more money. So I was always trying to live below under, under my means. And I still do that to this day. So at a very baseline concept, I think this is something that I remind myself of. Like, hey, Bob, don't spend more than you make in a month. That's it. Just don't do it. You, you don't have it. You don't have the, that money to spend. So why are you spending it? Because eventually, like I said, it will catch up. And so, of course, there's exceptions. Moving, you know, if, if, if there's a month, there's moving expenses. There's car repairs that we'd anticipate. There's, there can be exceptions that we have to obviously, you know, understand. But for the most part, I would say I do my best to stay under that number. And why do I do that? Other than obviously not bankrupting myself and being broke and, uh, you know, getting screwed on not being able to pay bills on time because I can use that extra cash that I haven't spent because I'm living below my means and I can use it to pay off debt quicker. I can use it to invest in my future or I can simply put into my savings so that I have it when I need it. So the core principle that I will continue to live by no matter how much money I make is live below your means. Even if I got an increase of 100% on my salary today, I really wouldn't change much about my life. I would be putting more money to pay off my debt. I'd be investing more money, but I wouldn't be out there trying to be fancy. I wouldn't be flexing anything. I would just keep living a humble lifestyle, stacking that cheddar and not doing anything stupid. So number one, money management lesson, live below your means. Number two, say this one to my sister all the time and she hates it when I say it. Wants versus needs, okay? Wants versus needs. So what I think is really important before spending money in general is budget before you spend it. Now, hearing the word budget and your money spend and like budgeting your money, nobody wants to do that. We all want to avoid it. We don't want to look at our bank statements. I get it. It's overwhelming, gets you anxious. You see all the debt. You see all the numbers coming out of your bank account. You go, where did it all go? This is how we figure it out. First off, I read a great book that I highly suggest. This is not a paid <laughs> paid endorsement. I read it about two years ago. It was really good. And a lot of things I'm talking about today was shaped by this book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, I think that's how you say his last name. I will teach you to be rich with Ramit Sethi, R-A-M-I-T-S-E-T-H-I. He really dives into everything I'm diving into today at a much deeper level, and he's definitely much more, uh, he has a, he's very, very smart. I'm not so smart. I got a, you know, a little bit of wisdom in my head, not as much as this guy. Check out that book, really good. But reading that book inspired me to create a Google Excel sheet where, I break down my monthly income. So got to give a shout out to Liquid IV. I write about this in my gratitude journal more often than you guys and gals would care to know. Simple of just how grateful I am to have financial stability in my life, especially during 
everything that's happening in this role right now. So let me just make that clear. Extremely grateful for having financial stability in my career opportunity, career opportunity with Liquid IV. So I have that written out. I also have my monthly costs, you know, rent, car payment, car insurance, phone bill, college loans, anything that I know, Spotify, Netflix, things like that. Anything that I know is coming in at a monthly cost, I write those down too. I also have my monthly contribution to my future in this sheet, which is a Roth IRA account, which Ramit dives into in that book, which is essentially a retirement fund. I'm not a big, uh, I'm trying to you know, step my, get my feet into the stocks game, hopefully not game stop, because uh, that's a hot topic if you've been paying attention to the news and finance world right recently. Whoa. Um, so I have, I, I tried to put a line item so that I, you know, 25, 50 bucks a month, try to put money into my, my retirement account. And then I have that bottom line, which is extra money, right? It's the, you could call it play money. It's, it's the extra money that I have that I make per month. Um, and I, I use that for however I, you know, kind of please. So seeing these actual numbers on paper is a reminder to me of what I really need, what I really have to work with. Instead of just swiping away and just thinking like, ah, I can make it work. When I, now that I know what that play money looks like on a month-to-month basis, I know this is what I have to work. Otherwise, I'm living above my means, which is not what we want to do, like we talked about. So anytime I'm about to pull the trigger on swiping that plastic, I ask myself, do I need this? Or is this something, something that I just want, but I could live without? Do I need this or is this simply something that I want but could live without? Two different, two different ways that this could go. Asking myself this question gives me a moment to consider the purchase before moving forward with it. Okay, so I can rationalize purchases that are investments in me, right? Books, that's knowledge. Gotta feed the brain some good knowledge. Could be podcast equipment, which I would consider, you know, this is my passion project, my career one day. Uh, that's an investment in myself. I can rationalize that. I just bought a new pair of running shoes last week. They're fantastic. If you're looking for running shoes, highly suggest Saucony. This is not a paid endorsement, but damn do I wish it was. Really good shoes. I consider that health. Uh, work Workout classes here in LA, if I do a workout class, it's an experience that's health. I can rationalize it. I can't rationalize purchases that are unnecessary. So, if I just went out and bought 10 new t-shirts when I have 10 that fit great, not can't do it. Canceling it, I won't even allow myself to swipe the credit card. If I was to go out and be like, yeah, you know what? I need three new pairs of running shoes, even though I already got one last week. I'm not going to allow myself to do that because I just know I don't need it. I want these extra pairs of running shoes. I want these extra shirts. But do I need it? No. Do I need the new pair of running shoes so my feet stay good while I'm running? Yes. Also, mind you, just put out a half marathon last Saturday solo dolo. Round of applause for the bearded man. Went out there and crushed it. We're cranking up the miles day by day, baby. Uh, Yeah, I can rationalize a new pair of running shoes. I can rationalize books because it's shaping my mind and my perspective and helping me become a better version of myself. I can rationalize podcast equipment and any creative equipment because it's helping me grow as a creative. I can rationalize those expenses, but I can't rationalize the stuff that I don't need. And a lot of this is inspired by this minimalist, this minimalist lifestyle that I was introduced around 2016 
by a documentary called The Minimalist um, on Netflix. Highly suggest you guys and gals check it out. And ultimately, what it taught me, less is more. The less stuff that I have in my life, the more uh, space I have to live almost, which sounds kind of crazy if you're not familiar with the minimalist lifestyle. But every time I get rid of extra stuff that's sitting around my ha- my house and my room and I, and I go, I don't need this, it feels so good to get rid of it because I just have, I feel like I have more room to breathe and I have less weight on my shoulders. So all this to say, anytime I'm about to swipe that credit card, I'm confident with making the purchase because one, I've budgeted ahead of time and I know what I have to work with. Two, I've asked myself, is this something I need or is this something I want? And three, I've identified what matters most to me, which is experiences versus things. So now I can spend my money within my means without thinking twice, without regretting it, without, uh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't spend any time and energy thinking it through because I've already done the work ahead of time. So I think wants versus needs is a really, really good mindset uh, and doing the work behind the scenes, you know, doing the budgeting and seeing on paper what how much money you have to work with every month after your expenses, after you know, really trying to understand what do you value putting your money towards. Maybe, maybe you do value clothes and style. Like, okay, but you can't also value a nice car and all these experiences. Maybe you can, maybe you're filthy rich. And I, yeah, maybe I just pretty much shot myself in the foot because maybe you have so much money you don't even know where to spend the money. Uh, but all this to say, very important, wants first needs. That's the second tip advice that I've learned. Let's have a quick sip of water because I'm rolling and I need some H2O to quench my thirst. Every time you can't go wrong. It just tastes so damn good. Water. Thank you. (laughs) Unreal. Uh, Number three, build credit. Wow. Shouts to Mama Hobart one time for teaching me this early on. Once again, so blessed and grateful for the parents I was raised by. Called my, I spoke to my parents yesterday. I called them do every Sunday to FaceTime them. And, um, after we hung up, I had to call my mom back because I just watched a movie called Palmer with Justin Timberlake. He's a legend on uh, Apple TV. And, uh, it just made me appreciate how fortunate and lucky I was to be raised by the parents I was raised by. And, uh, yeah, just reminding, and, and there's another moment of like, how you know how lucky I was to be raised by my mother, who was in the banking world for thirty plus years, and was able to teach me these lessons early on that I still carry with me today. So shout out to my mom one time. She won't hear this because I don't think she uh, listens to the podcast. But if you are a true listener and you listen to every single episode, she will be the guest for next week. So very excited about that podcast. So stay tuned next next week's podcast with Mama Hobart. It's going to be a good one. Um, but she helped me get my first credit card when I was eighteen. And since then, I've used my credit card as if it's a debit card. Now, this might sound crazy or it doesn't make any sense, but think of it like this. Debit cards are like carrying cash, except without all the paper, and and paper as in moolah, it's not in your pocket, right? So when you swipe a debit card, snap of fingers, it gets pulled out of your account, right? Uh you don't want to swipe your debit card if you don't have the money in your account because you can get uh, you know, fees uh, and if the money's not there and you're trying to pull it out, it's a big problem, big red flag, big no-no and the bank will nail you for it. That's why credit cards step in. If you don't have the money, as long as you 
are under your limit with the credit card, you could swipe as much as you want with the idea that you will pay us back with interest. And honestly, credit cards make a lot of money on people just not paying them back on time. And that's why it's a business. And that's why every business and everybody wants you to apply for their credit card because they know you swipe, you forget about it, all this interest accrues, and now you owe them even more money. But similarly, I've used credit card, my credit card the same way. Also, I only have one credit card, and I like that. I just like having one. Don't have to worry about any other ones. And the way I look at it is I swipe. I only swipe if I have the money on hand, right? I have to have the money in my bank account. Otherwise, and now that's how I've, I've done it all of my life. Since I was 18, I started, you know, I forget what the limit was when I first got a credit card, maybe 300 bucks, maybe 500 bucks. If I had $0 in my bank account, I was not going to allow myself to swipe the credit card. But if I had 500 bucks in my bank account, I would allow myself to swipe up to $500. And doing so from a young age to now, you know, almost a decade later, it allowed me to stay on top of my credit card and not bring on a massive amount of debt that just stacked up. At the same time, it's allowed me to grow my credit score into one the, the best bracket. I think it's called the excellent bracket. I feel very fortunate, right? Uh, because that's not easy to do and you know it takes repetition and your your score really means everything. And don't get me wrong, there were times when, especially in those Uber days, when I was just racking up uh, credit card debt. And uh, I remember right before I took the job at Liquid IV, I was in, I was in ten thousand plus dollars worth of credit card debt, and uh, I was just like getting anxious because I was like, man, I don't know how much longer this is gonna go. So there are certain times and there's certain calculations where you have to take calculated risks. And I knew that someday I would pay off that credit card debt, but for the most part. Uh, that's the way I look at it. I don't swipe unless I have the money in my bank account. Um, and having credit cards and credit, I should say, not having credit cards, but having credit is so important because it allows us to buy things that we don't have the financial cash for up front. So think of a car loan, a mortgage for a house. You or I, we don't want to just throw down all this money cash to buy a car or a house. It doesn't make sense. We can use that money elsewhere to make us more money or we just, who I don't know. I don't have just 15, 20K sitting in the bank ready to go just to spill out on a, on a car. Just nobody, no, I don't think most people do. So it always makes sense to get a loan. And the way you get a loan is by having credit. So if our credit is good. That's our credibility that, hey, I'll pay back this loan, this mortgage in a timely manner. I pinky promise because you've built credit from having credit cards and paying off on a timely manner or at least hitting the minimum payment. So I think that still increases your credit score. Fact check me. This is once again, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't know this as well as some of those out there, but Doing so has allowed me to increase my credit. And so I think that's something that I was taught really early on was build credit. Um, I don't think my mother ever told me directly, use your debit card, use your credit card like a debit card, but something along those lines she taught me. And that's something that I still do to this day where I don't swipe it unless I have the money in my bank account. And uh, 
the benefit of doing so when you when you when you lit when you swipe below your means and and you know you have the money to back it you pay off that credit card every month and with time your credit goes way up and that's extremely extremely important so that was the third piece fourth and final piece stack that paper and invest in your future stack that paper and invest in the future just because i have money in my bank account sitting there after i paid off my expenses doesn't mean i need or have to spend it i get it we all want to go get a massage go buy those new pairs of shoes go out to dinner take a girl or a guy out on a nice day i get it i get it i get it but just because the money's sitting there doesn't mean we got to spend it it can sit there right it can it's good it's there it's not going anywhere once i started to have financial stability I really started to push to save for and something that I, I need to get back on track of of three months of expenses. To have that money as a safety net that if anything was to happen, I have three months expenses stacked up. And it could be for anything that I need to use the money for. And it's not easy to do for anyone out there. I get it. But just making a conscious effort to save up a little bit more into that savings can help. It can just be a mindset shift where Instead of saying, like seeing the extra 50 bucks in your account, you're like, ah, what, what can I spend this on? You go, no, I'll put that on my savings. I'll put that on my savings. And you just never know when you're going to need that cash. And so I've always felt it's better to have it tucked away than to not have it at all. And I've always been a good saver, very fortunate. Just always tried to save, save, save and have the money there if I ever needed it. And that way, any months where I have to go above my monthly spending budget like I was talking about earlier you know we budget excuse me we budget out our monthly income our monthly expenses what's that bottom line look like that's our play money cool there's sometimes those monthly that that month expense is going to be higher because things happen in your life medical bills you didn't expect and and by us making a conscious effort to just save 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 here and there we feel good knowing we have the money to back us it's okay that this month we went a little over budget, it's all right, we'll catch it up over the next couple months and we have some money saved up. So it helps It helps when unexpected costs arise. It doesn't get you anxious, doesn't get you worked up because you, you're prepared for it. And then even most recently, I've also tried to put monthly contribution towards my Roth IRA account, um, which I talked about a little bit earlier, which for those who don't know, definition, an individual retirement account, which you contribute after tax dollars. This account allows our money to grow tax-free and you can withdraw them tax and penalty-free after age 60, I think. Once again, fact check me. But I've even just started just trickling in money. When I have that extra 50 bucks sitting in my bank account, maybe I'll put 25 bucks into my savings and then I'll put 25 bucks into my Roth IRA. Now, retirement seems a bit ways out, right? If you're listening, maybe you're in your late teens, you're in your 20s, maybe 30s, 40s, whatever. It seems a ways out. But I'd rather start now while I can because it can't hurt. I can just throw that extra 25 bucks in, swipe it off my hands, it's gone, it's tucked away. And I try to look at it as if it's gone forever until retirement. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to just put in this account and think I can pull it out at any moment in time. Is there if I'm in a real pickle and I need the cash, but I'd rather not. I'd rather keep putting in a little bit of cash here and there and grow that retirement account so that 
when the time does come, the beard man's walking down retirement lane, he's got some money saved up. And uh, I think that's really important. So I've always, I've always wanted to find ways to make my money work hard for me. This is definitely the investment part of the, of this, this topic. Um, and I think that's a key component to financial freedom, whether it's stock investments, whether it's retirement accounts, whether it's rental property, there's ways out there for our money to work hard for us. I've spent most of, I spent all my life working hard for my money. I haven't necessarily made that shift into having my money work hard for me, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm trying to learn from people that I know that know their stuff. And that's a shift that I really want to make uh, in the coming year, in the coming years is how do I take my money and make it work, work hard for me? And the only way to do that is by me living below my means, by me, you know, staying on top of my debt and uh, being financially smart about where I put my money. But the goal would be to reach that financial freedom by, by having the, our, my, my money, our money work hard for us. So to recap, I hope this was somewhat insightful because finances and money, this is not something I've ever really talked about on a podcast. And I, I hope some of these little, these topics and uh, lessons that I've learned um, can be somewhat helpful to those out there. You might be an expert and think this was a complete waste of time or Hopefully you're somebody that took a, a little bit of something away. But anywho, to recap, I truly believe we all have the ability to have financial freedom in our life where we spend money on the experiences and things we value most without worrying, do I have, do I have enough money to do it? But how do we get there? By making every dollar count. Four ways to make better financial decisions. Number one, live below your means. You must not spend more money than you earn. Number two, wants versus needs. Before making a purchase, we need to ask ourselves, is this something I need or is this something I want? Number three, build credit. Use credit cards like debit cards and only spend what you have. It'll build that credit way up. And number four, stack that paper and invest in the future. Just because we have the money doesn't mean we have to spend it. Save it, invest it, and make that money work hard for you. Notice how when I get to these parts of the podcast, the voice and tone shifts in me because I specifically, these recaps, if you are really paying attention, these recaps are the, are the clips that I use for social content. So I have to make sure I freaking hit it on the, on, on the first try. I got to make sure the sound is great. So if you ever hear that switch, little, it's a little trick. Challenge for the listeners. If you listen to this podcast this far, first off, bless your soul. Thank you for, thank you for lending me your, your time and your ears. Um, But challenge for you guys and gals, we all want to make more money. I get it. So do I, so do you, so does everybody else in this world. We get it. We're on the same page. Perfect. But instead of wishing for it, be thankful for what you do have. Because believe it or not, there's somebody out there that would kill to be in your shoes, to make the money that you make, to own the things that you own, to live the lifestyle that you live. There's somebody out there that would kill to be in your shoes. There's no doubt about it, including myself. So take some time this week and sit down and write out your monthly income or what you averagely can make, monthly expenses, and what does that monthly play money look like? Now that you can see all this in front of you, create a budget to work off of that can help you better manage your money. And let me know if it helps. Take that time. It's going to be not fun, maybe. It'll be maybe it'll be maybe it, honestly, 
maybe, just maybe, it'll be the best part of your week, or maybe you're already dreading the thought of doing it. And if you're dreading the thought of doing it, I challenge you to definitely do it. I know it can be anxious and overwhelming to see our money on paper, but it's a reality that we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to check ourselves and be real about how much money we, we, we're making, what our expenses are looking like, where we're spending our money, and how much money we really have left over to you know, enjoy ourselves and use as our play money. So do that and let me know if it helps you guys and gals. I'd be very, very curious. Two questions from the BMC. That's the Beard and Man community. That's right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a first-time listener, you're now part of the club. Good thing is there are no costs to the club. You're already in, baby. Welcome. Uh, ben Bradford, do you, do you do any money management around food, diet, and meal prep? That's good, Ben. Yes, so I just look at that as a as part of my monthly expenses. I do a really good job of pretty much meal prepping and making my own food throughout the week. It's probably two meals of the week that I eat out, and usually on the weekend. So I allow myself to try new restaurants and you know be flexible. That if I'm somewhere and I need to grab some food, totally fine. But I I have that as a as a monthly expense. So I've taken what I think I spend on average per week uh, on groceries. I multiply that by four and that is my monthly uh, expense for food, dieting, and meal prep. Uh, And sometimes I go a little bit over and once again, going back to rationalizing the things that I value and I value my health. So I I can allow myself to spend a little bit more if I wanna try something that's a little bit healthier or whatever it might be. But at, at a very... High level, yes, I do. Uh, I do money management for my food and and my dieting and meal prep, and that's part of my monthly expenses, which is which is really helpful. Job ask, how do you decide what you're worth? So, this is a great question. This is so much not really what we discussed today, but I still like the question, and I didn't put any thought and consideration until now because I just wanted to wait until the moment. But I think that is a game that we all have to play for ourselves. And you have to remind yourself that it can only go up or that it only should go up. So I think the best way to do it is if there's a dollar sign in your mind, start there. And if I don't know what specifically you do, Job. I think you're a creative. Start at a certain dollar sign and see if clients will pay you that price. And when you have too many clients willing to pay you that price, increase the rate. And if you then it happens again, you have too many clients willing to pay that price, continue to increase the rate. But I think it is solely a game that only you can figure out and play and enjoy that process of trying to figure out what do you value your time or how do, how, how do you want your clients to value your time? So once again, I think there's a lot of creatives out there that can help better help answer that question. Um, or you know, specific people you can find. But I think it's just a game that no matter what, I think we all are always gonna value ourselves more than what we're getting. Um, and maybe at some point you can make that switch and get, get more for what you believe you're worth. Great question though. Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 63, Striving for Financial Freedom, Make Every Dollar Count. I hope this was of value. I hope you guys and gals enjoyed it. Please, please, please let me know if there's any uh, specific topics you guys and gals would like me to dive into next. I'm not an expert. I am just here to sprinkle my beard of wisdom and hope that is of value to any of those out there. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment today, screenshot the episode, post it to your IG story, tag me at Bob A, that's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. Share it out with the world. Let me know what you thought of the podcast. It is how we grow this podcast from the ground up, and it is so much greatly appreciated. We'll catch you here next week, sometime in the next coming days. I mean, this this comes out on a Thursday. we got the next podcast on Monday. Just a lot of content coming to Eardrum, so a lot more on the way. Thank you for tuning in. It's the Beard Man Podcast. See ya!